KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. I signed up and then I literally just broke the news to my mother and my stepdad and I was like, by the way, I'm joining the Navy. I already signed the contract. Just because, like, I really was desperate to get out of there. Welcome to My First Day, telling stories of those who've come to San Diego from elsewhere and now call it home. My name's Andrew Bracken. One common way people end up in San Diego is by joining the military. The reasons why people join vary widely. But what led Caddy Dublin to join the Navy was pretty simple. She needed an escape. Caddy's story, after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. One quick note before we start. You may notice the sound quality is a little different in this episode. I think just like everyone, we're adjusting to the new reality we're in, so please bear with us as we dial things in a bit better. Born in the Philippines to a Filipino mother and father from Grenada, Caddy had a chaotic, almost nomadic childhood. Here's Caddy Dublin with her story of... My first day. So my childhood uh, is pretty bad, actually. So I kind of like bounced around a lot. So how many schools did you go to from, you know, like kindergarten through high school? Let's see, kindergarten, second grade was a different school, third grade was a different school, fourth grade was a different school, fifth and sixth grades were a different school. Just seventh grade, I did two schools alone. (laughs) Um, Eighth grade, gosh, that's like 10 already. Caddy first moved to the United States as an early child but returned back just a few years later to her birthplace of Cebu City in the Philippines. Cebu was a getaway. Like, (laughs) when my mother sent me over there at first, you know, like, I cried and stuff like that because you're a kid and you don't really know what's going on and you're being left in this place. But after a while, I really adjusted to it. It's beautiful. Crystal clear waters, white sand, You know, fruit trees everywhere, fruit trees that you've never probably even heard of. Some families didn't have television. So on Fridays, they would, all the kids would go to one house and we would just like all congregate in their, you know, in their salon. And then we would all like watch television on Fridays. I mean, I remember like they were broadcasting X-Men back then. So all the kids, you know, loved X-Men and we would all watch it every Friday. We didn't have a refrigerator. We had to fish the day of. We had to gather things from like the jungle or like the fruit trees the day of and cook them that day. So really, really simple life. After a longer than anticipated stay, Caddy returned again to the United States to reunite with her mother, though less than enthusiastically. And so did you want to go back to the States when you went at that age? I did not. Actually, (laughs) that was, I had fully adjusted, you know, I'd fully adjusted to my life in Cebu. I had adjusted to life in Manila, 
you know, I was like back with my culture, you know, I was very Filipino again, but you know, my mom made the decision for me. So I had to come back and it was a very weird period actually, because it's like, you go to one place, you don't speak any English, you come back, right? And it's like, you know English, but it's like, you haven't spoken it in so long, you just forget how to speak. For a period of time, when I finally got enrolled back into American schools, it was like, I did not know how to interact with American kids. <laughs> I just was nervous to talk. I didn't know anything about anything. And it was just a really awkward time for me. I grew up as an only child, so literally it became known to myself that I could pretty much only rely on myself, and I didn't really have anybody to talk to except for maybe Mama Ingram. Mama Ingram, I met her when I was six. We met her at the bus stop because her daughter, who is also six years old and was in my kindergarten class, Pauline, um, we just gravitated towards each other, and we started making like these little snow volcanoes <laughs> while we were waiting for the bus to pick us up for school. I think I was like a preteen. She told me that the reason why I became a part of her family is because she said that God told me to take you in. And from the moment I saw you, you were I knew that you were gonna be a part of my family. It was like such a relief being over in a house that was just so pleasant and kind and you know, everybody like loved each other and made each other laugh. My mother was very adamant about preserving her Filipino heritage. So I grew up eating Filipino food, like some of the really obscure stuff that people don't know about. My mother always insisted on speaking, you know, Cebuano and Tagalog in the home. She would just say at that time, you know, because, well, race relations are still very high here in the States. But back then, like in the early 90s, you know, it was... It was weird if you were an interracial couple, and they were. So my mother was like, being that I look Asian, it's important that when we're outside, we don't speak the language. We speak English because Americans are very, you know, adamant about that. Apart from, you know, just trying to assimilate, she was still very about, like, preserving Filipino culture and food inside the home. Caddy's relationship with her mother always seems strained. After spending time in Michigan and later the United Kingdom, she returned home at a particularly low point in her life and felt like she needed a significant change. I need an escape. Like at this point, it's like I'm desperate. And my whole thing was because like I had been traveling since I was like five years old. I wanted to see the world. The Navy is the one that seemed like the best option for that. When we come back, Caddy makes her escape in the Navy and gets assigned to San Diego. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. 
Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. I signed up and then I literally just broke the news to my mother and my stepdad and I was like, by the way, I'm joining the Navy. I already signed the contract <laughs> just because like I really was desperate to get out of there. And the Navy was my last resort. And to be honest, I do not ever regret doing that. My mother actually had a longtime friend that had been living here in San Diego. So she picked me up. Uh, she took me to her house. She lived in Mir Mesa. She made Filipino food, of course. And then I reported to my duty station, which was 32nd Street at the time. I mean, when I got outside of Lindbergh, and you see that that row of palm trees outside, I was like, oh man, this kind of reminds me of the palm trees and the coconut trees in the Philippines, you know? And it was like warm. 32nd Street is really close to Coronado. So you could see like the ocean and I'm like, okay, so like we're super close to the ocean, obviously. Honestly, coming to California for the first time felt like how I do when I see a new country. That's what it felt like for me. It was kind of like a discovery of something new, like something new that you had never experienced before. Caddy's time in the Navy brought her new bonds with other service members, coupled with a burgeoning interest in cooking, which would soon take hold of her. So when I was in the Navy, I kind of discovered that I had a knack for like cooking really well. My whole thing, was before deployments, I would always have this tradition of bringing in food to my work center. You know, like they were my family and they like loved it. One of my friends, she would say all the time how she hated aubergines, eggplants. She's like, I hate, I hate those. My grandmother always made them and would make me eat them. And I was like, you're gonna love my aubergines. So like I made like an aubergine lasagna and fed it to her. And she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I was like, okay, if I can make somebody that hates aubergines like aubergines again, there might be something to this. Much of Caddy's time in the Navy was spent on deployment, on faraway seas, an often all-encompassing experience. It was pleasant, but it's also stressful, you know, because you literally are working nonstop. When you're on deployment and on a ship, you, it's easy to work 19 hours a day, get enough sleep, and then go do it again the next day. Caddy was particularly impacted by an officer of hers during her time in the Navy. He was the first boss I think I ever had in my life that showed that he cared for anybody else but himself. You know, like he was always trying to develop us as sailors, making us excel. And I remember him always telling us, I might be a petty officer first class. He's like, but if you surpass me as a petty officer first class, he's like, then that means I did my job. So he was just like genuinely selfless. Once her enlistment period ended, Caddy decided to focus on becoming a chef with the help of the GI Bill. Years of training and experience later, her focus shifted toward a familiar place. But in the back of my mind, it was just always, Filipino food will always be my favorite. It's always going to be my comfort food. Filipino food has like all these cultures in it, you know, all these influences in it, 
all these wonderful, strange ingredients in it. But yet every time I walk down the street in my Hillcrest neighborhood, you know, I don't see it. You know, I, I see Mexican, I see French, I see Italian, there's Japanese, there's Thai, there's Indian, there's even Nepalese and Afghani. Once I was able to kind of be a little bit more creative and grow as a chef in the restaurants that I worked at, I started incorporating like little like little Filipino things <laughs> into the tasting menus. And my boss, you know, like he was really receptive to that. So it always just made sense like to apply what I've learned and what I've always known to the food that I grew up eating. You know, even though like San Diegans are well accustomed to Filipino food, you know, um, because we have such a big diaspora of Filipinos residing here, but there just hasn't been attention brought to the food. I guess it just hasn't been made appealing to the masses, um, specifically to white Americans, I guess. And that's an issue, you know, because for me, I feel like sometimes we end up wanting to appeal to the masses, but the food no longer tastes like the food. I'm one of those, I'm not going to sacrifice the flavor of the food to make it appealing to you because the moment I do that, I lose my food culture, I lose my heritage. So what I try to do is incorporate those weird flavors and things into new techniques. Our cuisine is comprised of a mix of our entire history. And that's the indigenous Filipinos, the techniques that we learned from being subjected to Spanish colonialism, and also the food culture from Chinese immigrants that came to our country a long time ago. Noodles are not a thing that's prevalent in the Philippines. That came because of Chinese immigrants. And noodles are a thing that we have for like everything. Things like cured meats, things like corned beef, hot dog, that was brought over by the American GIs during the war. You know, in Filipino spaghetti, you will see that at every birthday party that a child has. <laughs> all of the adobos, like the stews and things that we have, that's all from, you know, Spanish cooking. I just tell people that Filipino food is like one big fusion of everything. Katty's also been influenced by many along the way, from family back in the Philippines to her adopted mother in the United States, from a selfless naval officer to chefs who'd become mentors. They showed me that not all people are bad, you know, that there's actually people out there that want the best for you and who are legitimately rooting for you and you just have to let them. And like when you do, like they make that imprint in you and you end up being better for it. Today, Caddy Dublin is a chef in San Diego. We're starting a modern Filipino pop-up restaurant next year called Besaya. We have a link to it in our show notes. Thank you to Christine Castudio Suero and Marianne Beister for help with this episode. My First Day is produced by me, Andrew Bracken, along with help from Melissa Diaz. You can find me at andrewbracken.com. Our email is myfirstdaystories at gmail.com. Our Instagram, at myfirstdaystories. Music by Jason Beacon. Theme music by Chris Curtis. For KPBS, Emily Jankowski is technical director. Kinsey Moreland is podcast coordinator. 
Lisa Jane Morissette's Operations Manager, and John Decker is Director of Programming. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explore Content Fund. Thanks for listening. See you next time. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.